Welcome, welcome to a new episode of Southern Tomfoolery Unlimited, the interview show where we like to actually STFU for once and let our wonderful guests tell us all about the awesome nerdy things going on in their lives. I'm your host with the most, Zach Evans, joined as always by everyone's best friend and your space daddy, Adam Kelly. Adam, you know I gotta ask, how's it going, buddy? Purple. Purple. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Man, that was a straight answer. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm doing good. I just feel like I always say, I'm doing great, you know, so I'm going to start coming up with random well, you answers know, to that you, question. Well, you could stop and just tell me how you're really feeling. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm feeling better than I was. So That's good. I'll give you that. Glad to I was, hear that, I was man. ill, and now I'm feeling uh, a lot more energetic and really glad to have our guests here. I am, today. too. I am, too. we got some great guests this time. Uh, we are joined by some great guys, our brothers in arms in the failed Fortitude Save Collective, some... Uh, other northern frigid living individuals. I don't know how you guys do it. But anyway, here's Allard and Kyle from the Dice Crisis. Gentlemen, it's hey, great to have hey, you hey, on. Hey, how's it going? Hello, hello. It is very right. frigid up here. Thank you for noticing. We were yeah, born what's, the, what's the temperature you know? right now? Uh, the temperature right now is... Oh, shoot. It's not going to tell me right off the bat. Uh, stalling. Kyle, tell a joke. Um, <laughs> I think I it's... Guess it's 32. There you 32. go. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Right at freezing. It's not bad. Right. It's not bad today. It's right I mean, at freezing. Kyle was just about to. I was about to <laughs> unleash a whole ten-minute set there. Too. Yeah, I was, I was ready. Go for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm you want? You want right. to? You got the floor, Kyle. If you want to give it a go, man. Um, what do you call a cow with two oh, legs? I knew it was gonna be a cow joke. <laughs> I don't know. What do you call a cow with two legs? Lean beef. Oh, <laughs> God. nice. Uh, his, you stole that. What do you call a cow with no head? I stole that. My, my girlfriend. Uh, ground beef. Jokes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Kyle's girlfriend Kennedy. She has notoriously, whenever she was on stage and needed to stall something, she would tell a cow joke, <laughs> like all through college. <laughs> it was great. Fantastic. Um, all right, guys. Kennedy. So first things first. Tell us about yourselves. Who you are, where you're from, how long you've been playing TTRPGs, how you got into the hobby. Give us the rundown. All right. First. I've I've said this a few times on different shows, so I'll I'll, I'll see if I can keep mine mine quick. Uh I guess wait, how many years ago has it been now? Probably like four or five years ago now. We started playing in, in college. Kyle, uh myself, Michael, Eli, and a couple other people, but they've dropped off. Um uh, we started on Rise of the Rune Lords. Michael was adamant against D&D. He was like, no, we're going to play Pathfinder. It's it's cool. It's better. There's more rules. <laughs> you'll love it. Uh, and after like fucking around for a couple of years, we all moved uh, kind of down to the cities and we started picking up again, got a little more into it. Uh, I, for one, got heavy into just like listening to actual plays. And then Kyle and I decided that we wanted to start our own uh, audio recording company. So we bought a bunch of gear, got a space. Uh, Things didn't really kick off with that too heavy because we had our our own full time jobs. We've we've got a couple gigs here and there, but we've mainly kind of focused the efforts of lossless productions. It call, it's called uh, to creating this podcast and, and like producing some of our our own content and stuff. So that brings us to a little over a year, probably a year and a half ago, uh, we started actually recording. Uh, then last year last december not 2020 2019 december is when we started releasing our playthrough of second darkness 
Bear, bear, barrel. There we go. Great rundown. So let's let's talk about the dice crisis, right? Uh, what's the pitch? What's the show about? You say you're running second darkness. What's the vibe? Darkness. Take it away, Kyle. What's our Dar- vibe? Darkness is the vibe. Um, I'd say <laughs> I'd say the vibe is um, definitely very chaotic. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of crime related happenings. Um, a lot of a lot of situations that are, are uh, a little more uh, adrenaline inducing. Just uh, kind of get your heart pumping, and we're you know going after different uh, crime escapades throughout Riddleport. Um, yes, the only so, well, I guess it's not the only, but the first AP to really take a look at Riddleport as a as a city for a whole book. The crime, uh, I guess it's a it was a pirate city turned uh, trade hub because it's like the last uh, big northern city on the coast as you're starting to go up uh, like north of Verusia. So it became a hub, and now things are. A little bit less chaotic now that a uh, an overlord that wasn't just trying to also be a pirate has taken over. He's actually installed his own like mercenary system to have guards and like keep a, a tighter hold on the city. And we see the uh, kind of the ecosystem of crime lords instead of like no- noble houses controlling uh, mm, the city. And I think that okay. gives it a, a fun little little vibe. I really yeah, like th- there part. is an order, but it's not a lawful order. So right. yeah, exactly. It's like you can uh, get away with a lot unless you're like stepping on a crime boss's shoes or territory, right. and then and then all of a sudden the laws might spring up, or you'll you'll just have a bad time, or they'll take. The- so what uh, what vibe does the dice crisis bring to Riddleport? You know what you know. What do you guys bring to Second Darkness into the podcast space? What would you guys say? your personality as a show is our personality as a show is probably a little bit more i mean so the first book i think kind of i feel like we laid out our vibe pretty good there because the first book is basically a a big sandbox so i as a gm really let my players uh kind of go out and figure out their own stuff while i just had uh had the actual main events just kind of ready to sprinkle in while they when they felt right um what do you think kyle yeah i would say it's uh definitely more rp focused i mean there's obviously combat and situations that happen within it but it's a lot of rp and just kind of building who the characters were into why they're here and how they're kind of what they're doing together and what their motivation is so like Allard said, it's very sandboxy, and I think he did a great job of kind of leading us in the right direction while kind of also being like, you're, you're young characters, like what would you be doing? Like what do you want to do? How would your characters be progressing through this town? What are their goals and, and that kind of stuff? Yeah, and on top of that, uh, all of my players decided that they had uh, they had family still. Like, like they either were an 18 year old characters, Kyle and, or not Kyle, uh, Michael and Eli are both like 17, 18 year old characters. So they still had like family ties to the city and Crow is like 25, Kyle's character. Uh, so we got Crow is a half orc inquisitor. Uh, Michael is a elven sorceress uh, with the fiery bloodline. Um, and we actually are playing her as literally a 17 year old elf. 
So she got separated uh, very young. And we that's like one of the first scenes uh, I show how kind of that separation happened. Uh, so she's really kind of an interesting, I don't know, blossoming character in a way. Interesting. Uh, you kind of get because... to see how she feels. I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. I'm not sure if I can articulate exactly what I mean by that. Well, 17 is extremely young for an elf. Yeah, baby they elf. Don't hit maturity until like 100, right? Isn't that... Yeah, basically. Or is that 5e? Yeah. I don't know. It's, I think that's still uh, kind of Pathfinder, similar, too. Similar yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah, I, I will say that one of the things that y'all do well and, and kind of is a little bit more unique to the, the show is taking the time for the in-between moments, you know? like yeah. we the, go there's like, moment by moment. <laughs> yeah, well, like, you know, there's like a lot of times that would normally be a a simple uh, this okay we're going to go from point a to point b and okay there we are but with y'all anything can happen between point a and point b you know mm-hmm. i mean whether it be as simple as tripping over a barrel or <laughs> or just talking to some random person on the street like that you do you guys do take the time to to fill those spaces and um do you think that has anything to do with just having three PCs? Is there more room for that space? Yeah, I could, I can, I, can, I can see that for sure. Um, I knew that because of three people, like there's one less voice to help fill time and bounce stuff off of. Um, but I think I, I really tried to at least, at least start out like emphasizing those moments in between because that's where I was able to kind of show little quirks of Riddleport or of these characters because like there's always random encounter tables but like the ones in in Riddleport isn't isn't just full of of monsters it's like oh you run into a prostitute on the street uh, you're gonna get pickpocketed you're uh you better watch out you're gonna get (laughs) mugged or something yeah (laughs) and i i think too you know when we started the podcast i think we were all kind of as a table on the same page of we really wanted to make it like cinematic in a way and just kind of, you know, bring the setting of where these characters are to life through those moments. And um, I think it's it's been a really fun way to do it. And I think our group is very, very RP focused, um, a couple more than others, maybe. But um, that was one thing that we really wanted. We wanted to kind of have like that heart of RP in in the story. Well, mm-hmm. every group's going to have somebody or multiple people who are more RP focused, right? For sure, yeah. Combat focused versus people who are combat oriented. True. Yeah, I so. got lucky. So, like, since we're like we've only played to like one other AP together, really. So we are all all my players, me included, were more moldable in that regard. We ha- were like, I don't think anyone had discovered that they're they really like like RPing more than just combat or vice versa that no one had like decided that yeah i'm a a mechanics guy i don't really need to talk to people i just want to roll dice so i got to really kind of bring it out of them in different ways yeah it's awesome and and uh i was able to do that with the the parents that everybody decided that they still wanted to have i was able to kind of I don't know. I use their parents to make them feel different things as players. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, like, their heartstrings. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've seen those called uh, knives, you know, <laughs> in, in the sense of like there's this like kind of theory around GMing called knives, you know, player knives. And uh, in, 
I guess it's kind of 5e is where we first saw this concept, right, Zach? I, I, yeah, I, I came across this concept when I was going to run Curse of Strahd, and I essentially asked all of my players to send me a list. I think it was just three knives, maybe five knives, mm-hmm. things that could hurt their character. Gotcha. You know, things okay. that were important to them that could hurt them. And uh, I, w- I asked for a list, and... Uh, yeah, what we could hurt with you? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it's it's a lot to ask of your players, I guess. But like you know, if you're if you're you know, it's for the purpose, like you're saying, Allard, to to connect these characters and root them more in the story, mm-hmm. and like for the players to have these personal connections that you can leverage as motivations uh, to progress the story for better or worse. You for know? sure. Yeah, and absolutely. That's the beautiful part. Yeah, better or worse. It's, it's one or the other. Yeah, I just I just had to find my own knives. I didn't ask them what their knives were. <laughs> yeah, Next true. time, you know, just yeah. ask them. Worst they can yeah, say true. is no, I, I guess. Because I, I hadn't really heard of that little concept before, but it makes total sense. It's like saying, I mean, the opposite of what your character's need is to like progress the kind of whole story circle around. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. The, absolutely. With having such a, a young cast of characters, do you guys get into a lot of flashbacks, or is everything present action? Uh, I do do a lot of I do do I do a lot of flashbacks. Uh, maybe not a lot, a lot. I think you guys probably do flashbacks a little bit more. We're, we're pretty heavy handed with them for yeah. sure. Yeah, but like love them, love those doodly doos. Uh, I. I definitely tried to do them more starting out so as to give the audience a little bit more insight into the characters. And also it was a way for me to kind of solidify ideas with my players based on what they had told me about their backstory and how I thought it would be better or best or maybe they they nailed it uh, just well incorporated into the story and can help give them more motivation in the present. Um, so like they had all they, but have them being young, there's not a whole lot of time for flashbacks to have happened. So like, right. I really want like key things, key motivations, like, uh, for Crow, for instance, uh, I wanted to show like the first moments that he was, he's an inquisitor of Phrasma. So I wanted to show the first moments that he like discovered this power or like the first time that Phrasma had maybe reached out to him, um, Eli's uh Dane the human investigator uh he like he almost has more of a good parental relationship with an, a different NPC in the town so I like wanted to show uh how they met and where their kind of friendship mentorship kind of blossomed I definitely needed to show how a 17 year old elf got to Riddleport and is being raised by a blacksmith <laughs> so right. there they're just like idea bridges that really need to be uh, filled out a little bit more. And I think uh, flashbacks have been a good way to really do that. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. And we yeah, have a, absolutely. we have a lot of dream I believe sequences. In it. I think it's a good way to get, get information about characters out to the listeners or the other players that they're, the character themselves wouldn't necessarily offer up ever in, yeah. uh, organically, you know, very true. Um, so y'all have been on the scene now for about a year or a little yeah. over a year, right? year and a month. Yep. Um, so what have been some of the biggest surprises for you as podcasters or your favorite moments as a cast since joining the Paizoverse? Uh, 
Well, the best thing is being welcomed by my my brothers and sisters of the failed fortitude save. That definitely didn't expect to just be so welcomed into the community by other podcasts and just like brought under wings left and right. I really love that. Yeah, I would echo that for sure. The definitely the community and just the the listener base too for sure. It's just it's it's a lot of fun. That's what we were kind of like wanting and hoping for when we put this out like we were hoping you know that there would be some attraction towards it and that it would start to build a community so i think that's definitely the best part and the the story i would say just playing through as a character it's it's a lot of fun yeah absolutely i i i tend to agree about the community i mean i know we sound like broken records when we get on these shows and talk about it all the time but it really is like the the most rewarding aspect of, of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. So, listen, you guys, Second Darkness is a D&D 3.5 yes. module that you've converted to Pathfinder 1E. Yes, sir. So, tell us kind of about that process. Like, what kind of steps do you have to take to make that happen? What are the easy parts and the difficult parts that go into that conversion? Well, luckily enough, like three point or Pathfinder was built off of three point five. So there's so a lot of the stat blocks of monsters are kind of readily available now because they're like in the first bestiary because they knew that they were gonna have to like backtrack those. So I haven't run into any specific monsters that hasn't been already turned into a Pathfinder monster. Uh so that's nice. Some of the mm-hmm. uh some of these special just NPCs or enemies like that, I'll have to, I, I go into Hero Labs and kind of remake them as Pathfinder NPCs. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of the checks and stuff that are just written into the book, I feel like I don't necessarily have to change much. I mean, if it's a, a if they're trying to do like a, a seek, is it, is seek one of the, D&D ones seek or gather information or hide checks. I know kind of just off the top of my head, uh, a better or the pathfinder skill that would take the place of that. And it seems like D and D their DCs are a bit lower than pathfinders. Uh, so sometimes I kind of recalculate those, but for the most part, if we're like searching through a room and it says that it's going to be a, a DC 20 search check, I'm just like, okay, a DC 20 perception check instead and kind of let it fly a little bit more uh, with so that. You would say that um, for you guys anyways, in your experience, that one of the the key differences between 3.5 and 1e is is skills i've always wondered yeah. kind of what what separates 1e out from 3.5 you know because they are built on, on top the same mm-hmm. engine so so to speak you know and so i don't know enough about either one of those particular systems to know where the key difference is and it sounds like to me that the main thing you're coming up across at least for your purposes, is that there's a different array of skills. Yeah. Uh, Pathfinder kind of consolidated or added different skills together. Like there's, I'm pretty sure there's a hide check and like a move silently check and they just put those both into <laughs> into stealth <laughs> and just little gather information and is just in the diplomacy checks now. Uh, there was like, I think there was three different skills that could all be funneled into perception 
pretty easily, like search, listen, uh, maybe something else. But yeah, I think the main difference that I've come across is just like the skills. I also think that 3.5 is, it's a little bit softer than than uh, Pathfinder 1E, like as far as the difficulty of some monsters or the difficulty of encounters, I feel like they had, uh, it's a, if you go straight up against their D&D encounter with Pathfinder characters, it always seems like the Pathfinder characters are going to like wipe it pretty hard. So I feel like... Do, uh, do you think like, that might be because Pathfinder characters, uh, 1E characters are kind of built to be more heroic from the get-go over 3.5? Uh, like, are they a, just a stronger character at start? Potentially. I think it feels definitely like the Pathfinder characters are stronger than what the what the books kind of expect them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that also has... It's been okay for us because we're a player down of what they're typically written for. So it, right. it just right there, there's a little bit of, of balancing kind of already done for me. Um, but yeah, it seems like the, the DCs, some of the... Because I... I hardly ever see, I mean, in, in 5e, I hardly ever see anybody make a check with a DC over 25, but in Pathfinder, like you'll run into a locked door where the check is 35 or mm-hmm. some trap is a 32 perception check and something like that. Um, it just seems like there's just a little bit of difference between the difficulty, the standard difficulty of the D&D 3.5 and Pathfinder 1e. Otherwise, it's pretty easy to just kind of convert on the fly. A little easier than going to 2E, anyway. Yeah, quite a bit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything changes. Um, so one of the things about your show is that you guys have a, a pretty fantastic collection of Foley and sound effects. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so can you tell us a little bit about how you go about capturing some of those sounds or what the editing process is like when it comes to adding those effects in? Word. So in college, I had gotten into doing sound for film for some friends. And at one point, I was given a big thing of sound effects from one of my buddies. So I had like, I have, I have a pack of thousands of sounds that wow. I'm able to, to go through. And then I, no, no magic sounds in there. So I just bought a quick like video game uh, magic, like sound effects fantasy bundle. And I've just been kind of working with that. If it's like, uh, uh, it's fun when I find spells that there really isn't an applicable magic sound for. Like, say, uh, uh, it's uh, Fire Belly, where you can, uh, you like, you get uh, fire resistance for a minute and then you can spew fire out your mouth. Like, throwing together a burp sound with kind of like a fire sound to, to make different, different uh, spell effects is, has been fun. Uh, but other, otherwise, I, I've mostly just stuck to the tools that I have in front of me, and during my editing process, I'll throw them in. I will say that my first book is, there are way more sound effects than the continuing books, because I've realized that putting as much sound effects, as many sound effects that I had been doing, it at least doubles my editing time, and you know, you kind of have to have to balance out there. But then at, at the same time, we're now at a point where there's much more combat happening and there's not as much like sitting around a table, like lifting a drink and making a making a drink, sliding something over. So there are a few less opportunities 
uh, now. It's only but, so many times you can use the sword. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, so, and and right. yeah, it's, sometimes it feels like it's, it, yeah, using that same sword hit sound kind of gets a little old. So I feel like now, instead of trying to fill up everything I can, I'm picking and choosing a little bit more. Yeah, awesome. Great. Well, yeah, that's that's one of the really cool aspects of the show, I think. Uh, so kind of moving over, Kyle, I, I kind of want to ask you, man, you play Crow. Yep. Right, and and Crow is a Pharasmon Inquisitor. Am I getting that right? Yes, he is. So, man, I I I think Pharasma is a fantastic deity, just a very very cool deity. So, I, like, um, you know, how has that been for you, getting to know Crow as a character and and playing them? What's been some of your favorite aspects of of portraying Crow? Um, I think, I think it's fun just with the name I chose. So Crow is a chaotic neutral character. Um, I think he, it's, it's fun. He definitely lives in the moment and he kind of goes, you know, bull rushing into something that he's passionate about and kind of like hoping for, for asthma's guidance, like along the way. And that gets him into trouble or give, you know, gives mm-hmm. him success. But I think it's fun to kind of nurture that as we're going through books and kind of changing and giving him an opportunity to grow and to change and to just you know live out his chaotic neutral life of (laughs) running around and doing what he sees fit for the cause that he sees fit so i think i think that's the most fun part about it is you know he's he he i'll say he starts out a little bit more um how do i want to he starts out a little more aggressive and then he he kind of tapers off as he as he grows into um what he feels his calling is so that, that that's been a fun fun thing to mold yeah i mean that's that's character growth so what about mechanically as an inquisitor because i've never played one e personally but i always hear that the inquisitor is a fantastic class so what do you think yeah. about inquisitor yeah i've Super been cool. i've been having a lot of fun with it i think one thing i've played uh, um, a couple, so like the characters that I've played for our, uh, AP run of Rise of the Rune Lords, I played a rogue. So that was just more combat focus. And then whenever we do certain like one-off stuff, so I always find myself picking a spellcaster. Um, so the Inquisitor I thought was a good marriage of both of them, you know, a lot of, uh, um, up close combat opportunities, but combined with, you know, the, d- the divine magic and the spellcasting, um, ability, was just a really fun idea to me i could be up close and i could be doing some damage but you know i also have the potential to hang back if we're kind of trying to sneak up on something or so just kind of playing both of those worlds simultaneously has been a lot of fun the judgments seem like such a cool yeah the judgments they're so powerful they they help (laughs) so much it's it's ridiculous oh gee judgment surges uh like protection judgment of protection sacred protection and all of a sudden i just can't hit crow anymore and it's ridiculous yeah, my, I, I built him around a high ac and then you add to that ac with a you know divine bonus or whatever it is and it's, it's yeah so he's unbelievable. T- crow is like a tank dps little bit of healer like all of those things all in one and it's been working so far he's de- i've definitely hit him down but he's crushed way more of my characters than i've <laughs> yeah down. so far well, the versatility anyway. man you know that's some yeah, of the, one of my versatile. favorite parts of of creating characters is tweaking it to you know tweaking the system in order to get some really versatile 
effects out of it, you know, be able to fill any slot, you know. Right, for that. sure. And for I will sure. say there's still he still manages to stump me though. I won't go like too specific, but it's 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 interesting you 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 know, you build this character not knowing like what you're going to expect as as you go through the AP and you're like, "Oh, yeah, like I got I got this bag of tricks. I can do this, this and this." And then you get down the road and there's this one hiccup where you're like didn't didn't prepare for that and then the mm-hmm. whole thing just kind just of fizzles an and and then you kind of have to start you know restarted a drawing board so to speak and be like okay so now what's the move and it's just that that challenge is 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 fun too yeah absolutely for sure for sure um okay so let's let's shift gears again real quick and um you know, being a part of the uh, aforementioned uh, failed Fortitude Save Collective, Allard, you're one of the four GMs that yes. on the monthly live stream of GM Happy Hour, where you, Adam, uh, Griff of the Hideous Laughter podcast, and Tyler from Min Maxed, all gather around and uh, enjoying some libations and offering up mm-hmm. valuable tips, tricks, and discussions for other GMs and taking listener questions with your... I would say now signature smoking jacket and crystalline decanter. Oh yeah, uh, I'm bringing how, that so, back next next time too. Bringing I'm bringing back my old setup. <laughs> there you go. So, how have the GM Happy Hour productions been for you so far? Are you enjoying them? What's been some of your favorite discussions, and have you learned anything valuable yourself? Oh yeah, uh, love them. Love getting together with these guys and and just like basically just talking shop for and with people um our last one with of character npc was one of our better ones um i probably learned the most off of like the prep side and and just like being being the welcoming gm that is conscious of all of the different types of people that one could have at their table and and how to how to um just successfully uh, give people the opportunity to play and, and have fun. I've, I've definitely learned a lot from those ones. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Um, so c- can you guys give us like, I mean, since I got both of you here right now, do you have an idea of what your next GM happy hour is going to be? Adam and Allard specifically. Oh, shit. Oh, we definitely do. Yeah. Should I say it? Yeah, go for it. Uh, let's see if I have the, Oh, okay. It, uh, I think the topic title is going to be player immersion. So extra things besides what the AP gives you that you can add, give to your players or just like general setting and stuff to help uh, just people have more fun around the table and really get into the the whole vibe that you're trying to create sessions to ses- session to mm, session. Like, nice. Whether it be like music or physical handouts or you know, lighting, even, you know, all the different things that, that you can do kind of that aren't necessarily outlined in an adventure path, um, that you can help bring, bring your players into it. And it's going to be on the dice crisis discord this time. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to get a discord nitro or whatever. So I can have more people in the the (laughs) chat. Just make sure you turn off the um, what is it, the idle if you're if you're not active for so long it punches you into a an AFK room. That's oh. the worst. It happens like yeah. every time. It's terrible. Noted. 
<laughs> I think and something to, uh, sticking with the GM happy hours too. I've been, I've been trying to watch all of them, and I'll say that as a I've never GM. That's something that I definitely want to get into, but I just I haven't thus far. But even as a player, just getting you know the opportunity to have these four GMs kind of talking to each other about how to bring players in and, and keep players engaged and just it, it's a great show for players to watch too just to understand what what's going through your gm's head how what the effort that they're putting into preparing these ap's and these modules and stuff and just i think watching it has made is given me a lot to think about as a player to kind of go forward and and work some of the the tips and tricks you guys are giving just you know aimed at gm's but i mean it it can be applied to players as well. Absolutely. I mean, with, with you've been there for throughout all of them. I think both of you have pretty much been in in the audience for, for both of them or for all of them. And uh, part of that gave us uh, the idea to add the segment of player advice because, you know, it, it isn't just about the GMs, you know, and there's tons of GM advice channels out there and so you know because because of our, our two players kyle and zach and the other the others of you that are always there kind of egging us on throughout those discussions it's 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 now gm happy hour has grown to where we actually have a segment where we're, we're going to offer player advice on the topic at, at hand because it should be i think one thing that you'd get out of gm happy hour is we always say it's a table commitment you know it's that's you gotta know your table and everybody's got to be involved so i'm glad that you're enjoying it yeah absolutely Um, yeah what are you what are your guys's favorite episodes so far oh i i don't Uh, know i mean some of them are more fun to meme on and some of them are are like really good (laughs) you know actual advice and stuff i think the one on character death Yes, Tyler and <laughs> soft magic systems, man. That one's a classic. Uh, yeah, I think the 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 character death one was particularly right. really interesting for me. Um, I've never had to really deal with character death as a GM, and so I thought that was really uh, enlightening, and you know, definitely took a lot away from that personally what about you kyle did you already say which one was your favorite i don't know no i i I do like the character death one because it's it's one of those things where you know maybe some people don't want to think about it right away but it's like yeah you you know there is the potential that you're going to put a lot of time and heart and love into this character and it's they're going to die so it's i think that was a really good one i think i'm going to echo allard and adam on the i guess i don't know if adam said it but the the one on the npc um you know the npc interaction and how that goes into i think you guys took it uh, you, you guys took it way farther than i expected you to and kind of how you guys were like like i said including like the the characters or the pc's point of view from that i think that was my favorite episode that was the one that i took the most from to kind of put into my play so i'd say that was my favorite cool awesome adam do you have a favorite uh, I, I liked the one about handling issues that arise at the table because gotcha. that one surprised me the most with the like level of depth and, and, um, applicability that we got to on yeah. that. And so, and I thought I was really worried going into it that that was going to be like a, 
kind of not so fun one because we we're just talking about all this bad stuff that could happen, but it turned out to be like really like positive conversation, you know? And so that was, the, I think that yeah, was probably an important conversation yeah. too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and to your point, Kyle, about, you know, what you can get out of that as a player and not just a GM, you know, I think that one really uh, gives you a lot of information to go on. You know, and a, a lot you can take away from that. So, uh, yeah, the GM happy hours have been great, and it's 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 just awesome to see you guys come together, you know, once a month and um, and talk shop. And I think there's a lot you can take away from it for sure. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, Allard is kind of like our our sleeping genius oh. of the four <laughs> of us because, like, well, I'm, I'm well, because he's. <laughs> Well, I say that because it's like, you know, the the other three, we're we're all like, oh, we've been Jeep forever, GMs forever, and you know, like we'll we'll just be going on and on and on, and then all of a sudden, Allard will just pop in with this kind of like really thoughtful and like out of left field comment that's like so on that uh-huh. the the, uh, the three of us hadn't thought about, and I think a lot of that comes from you being one of the more newer. GMs to the field, you know, and so yeah. maybe a little less jaded or a little less, you know, stuck in your ways, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit. I don't more. have any ways yet. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, to, so to that point, um, what advice would you offer to those starting up a new actual podcast Next today? Week. Actual play podcast. An actual to podcast. The, a real actual <laughs> podcast. Real, not like what we do, but <laughs> an actual an podcast. Actual one. <laughs> Hmm. Well, to start out, you're going to want to find an AP that you can that you feel as a GM if you're GMing or even as the players that you can all like picture in your mind really well because the better you can picture what's going on in your head, the better you can describe for the audience and a, a better uh, kind of a, a better experience they'll have because everyone's everyone's clear on what what's going on uh that's kind of why we picked second darkness because everyone had this very good like just feeling about the the settings that were starting out and like i like i immediately when i read riddleport i was like all right so it's uh what's the town in uh pirates of the caribbean Singapore. It's kind of like the Singapore kind of Pirates of the Caribbean type town, a little bit more fortified and there's a little bit more laws going on, but I had a clear picture of of the chaos that the the town is supposed to be. And then like everybody was super uh, into the prospect of visiting uh, I always want to say Underdark, but that's D&D, uh, the Darklands. The Darklands is like the back half of of the AP you know Ooh. so you would say uh, an engagement with the ap is the as the first and foremost advice to to new yeah. podcasts and then like the next i i i'm sure kyle would agree with this have the proper equipment to make a clear listening experience it because helps. you're not going to you're not going to pick up a book and like try to read blurry letters and stuff you know you want to be able to have a, a clear medium of of telling your tale, so and I know that that's a that's a, a threshold to get by just because audio equipment is expensive and stuff. But I mean, you're gonna get a lot of use out of it, and it's worth the investment. 
I agree uh, 150% with I that. agree too. And, and, and I will say regarding the expense, it's not important to have the best equipment when you start, but it yeah. is important that everybody has their own mic, mm-hmm. you know, and that there is some thought put into how it sounds because that is what you're asking people to do is listen to it. And, and I, I'll tell you just for me, I have a hard time getting past episode one of any podcast that sounds like five people sitting around a snowball. And I don't mean that to disparage anybody who's doing that, but in a sea of podcasts to choose from, you know, I'm going to gravitate towards the one that's, I can distinctly hear everybody, you know, you know, and I'm not, as I said, I, I don't expect professional audio from episode one from every podcast, but I just want to be able to hear each cast member, you know, and mm-hmm. that, I think that's uh, important. It'd know? be consistent, you know, like, and yeah. I think that's one of the things like with us, we had differing qualities of mics for the first, you know, five or six episodes of our show. Mm-hmm. And then we all standardized our equipment and the audio quality instantly shot up, mm-hmm. you know? So I yeah. definitely mm-hmm. agree with that. Were you, did you guys start out everyone recording locally too? No. We started out remote. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, like, you mean like recording a direct? Yeah. Recording yourself in your house at at each person's doing that. So what we, what we, the first six episodes, we each had our own mics and everything because we're, we are all in different cities, but yeah, we pulled the audio from a call much like this. And Mm -hmm. so there wasn't an ability to individually, um, edit each person but after i think after episode five was when we made the call to like okay everybody needs to download this daw and go ahead and record directly and then send me the files for more clear editing and it makes a difference you know you can edit out those coughs you can edit out those interruptions (laughs) you know oh i have to edit out so many coughs (laughs) (laughs) i I know (laughs) (laughs) yeah but there's there's free software you know what i mean so yeah yeah like getting to the expense it's it's not even it's not even about like like adam said having the best it's it's going from you know poor to good is is a bigger jump than going from good to great I would say it's just having all those pieces in place, whether, you know, you can have $50 mics, but as long as you have enough and you have a decent soundboard that they're going into, I mean, it's just having each piece in place. And then as you go, just giving little upgrades here and there. But I think to start out, just Mm -hmm. you got to have the package and then move from there. Yeah. Agreed. Good table chemistry doesn't hurt either. Right, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Equipment aside. You definitely want everyone to get along. (laughs) That's That's number three. Everyone should be friends. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you like an antagonistic kind of game, I guess. If you want somebody who hates everybody, that could if if it doesn't it's harder to do. It's harder to do, but (laughs) if it doesn't really grind things to a halt, it could create some fun drama and some listening situations. As long as the chemistry is good, you don't have to like each other, but the chemistry has to yeah. be good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Like, we've definitely had some points where, like, Elyon got mad at Crow and it was like, ooh, that's cool, but we're all friends. So, like, that didn't really transfer the into the characters real maybe life. weren't in the moment, but we we were friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. And that, and that, that matters. You know, it definitely yeah. matters the ability to take a step back from your character and 
look, we're yeah. cool, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, this is just the same. And then on, so, on top of sure. table chemistry, I think you also have to, you know, like the GM happy hour talks about like the table contract. I mean, it's definitely a bigger contract when you're going into, you know, we want to release weekly episodes. We can't get behind. We can't, we got to stay consistent. You need to find a table, a group of people that's going to have that same level of commitment. It's really tough if someone is, you know, I mean, rescheduling is a whole different thing, but if someone's just, you know, flaking or, you know, oh, it's just a game. I don't, you know, I don't feel like it this week. You know, that that's a big part of it too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency absolutely mm-hmm. matters. If I recall correctly, there was one episode that you guys it didn't didn't record right, didn't come through. I, How did you handle that? I lost it. Uh, I was probably transferring. Did you check under your bed. So the it's funny that you bring that up because I found that episode and it was literally right in front of my face. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to send that full episode back out into the ether you know dun, dun, dun. Did you really find it? i found it i found wow. it and I, and I like i found it and i was like i'm stupid how did i how did i not see episode it here? 47 but it, it just took re-emerged like so a exactly of how, many, how many coughs did you edit out on uh, that episode too many too many but yeah the last episode has been found and it's oh dude that's now patreon like <laughs> stick, stick, that, stick that into the patreon bait, we're, we're, th- we're thinking right. about what to, that, i think that's a great spoiler but yeah we're thinking about what to uh what to do spoiler. with that yeah that's yeah. well i mean it had to feel good to find it though you know yeah it was definitely a facepalm moment <laughs> but a good one <laughs> yeah yeah but but I, I brought it up to point out that you know things can happen sometimes yeah technology is not infallible and so being able to Neither roll with it yeah. <laughs> what did so you how, do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How did so, you handle that? So when I realized that I couldn't find it, I pretty much reached out to our Discord and was like, hey, guys, I'm just going to be straight with you. I, I fucked up, lost an episode. Uh, so what I kind of prompted, I had an idea of what I was going to do, but I prompted our, our Discord, just our fans of what they would want because it's really like about what they want as listeners and not kind of what always what we want to put forth. Uh, but we ended up just doing like a recap episode. Luckily, it was mostly a battle episode. So we were able to just kind of easily talk over over through the the main points, uh, the things that had gone, gone that had happened. Uh, there was a little bit of RP in the beginning that I that I think was was worthy. Um, but yeah, then we just kind of had, took that moment to then again check in with uh, all the characters and just talk about their headspace and then move on with the with the next episode the following week well yeah i i just i think it was a a fantastic example of kind of the resilience that that you guys showed on that and how you kind of have to be resilient and work through potential hiccups that might come up in the uh Mm -hmm. recording process it's an interesting case study for sure definitely i'm happy that i didn't like it wasn't like a recording mess up. It was like, where did I transfer this file? So I feel good about my uh, my abilities to record still, but less good <laughs> about my organizational skills. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it might have prompted a little bit of thought on that, you know. Yep. Uh, make sure I got this folder clearly marked and everything. Yeah, <laughs> for real. It was like, yeah. We, but we got it now, I guess. <laughs> so, you know, we'll, we'll we'll find something to do with it. 
Look for the lost episode of Dice Crisis the, coming yeah. soon lost somewhere. Found. Yeah, we might heard it, uh, heard it here first. <laughs> I might buy a bunch of like, well, I don't know, one gig flash drives and just put it on it, and then travel all over the country, <laughs> and I'm gonna start geotagging where I put them and make a big old scavenger hunt. So you, you have go. to go out and find the physical. Play. I like it. I like it. Really, That's a real dice really crisis. Put the dedication. Yeah, yeah. That is yeah. a real dice crisis. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, what? Uh, you know, are there any plans for expansion for TDC? Do you guys have another adventure lined up? Another system you're considering? What's coming down the pipe? Maybe Kyle wants to get into GMing after all these GM happy hours. Like, what's mm. what's what's on the horizon? Kyle, what's on your horizon? We've, we've what is a... on my horizon? Yeah, we have. Uh, I think w- our plan for expansion, at least in the you know the near future, is we're going to start doing a little more just you know single or like less episode adventures, like little like a couple modules that we uh, are kind of cooking up. I think I'm gonna my I want to GM a one shot to begin with. <laughs> Just to, sure, just yeah. to dip, dip yep, your toe in. Exactly. Just kind of wade in really quick and, and see how I do. I mean, that's the biggest thing I'm looking for is how, how do I do with it? And, and you know, I'm, I'm not expecting to be the best GM the first go through, obviously. But so we got a one shot planned. I don't know if I want to give out what we're doing. Okay. Okay. I, okay. If Al, I mean, I'll let Allard give it out if he wants to. I'm pretty sure I've already said it. Have on you? A I, yeah, I show guess I'm before. not sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many shows. But, uh, hey, I don't know what I what beans I spill. You know, I'm pretty sure that one only had like 20 views. So you're probably good well, to save it. Or <laughs> it's up to you guys. You know what yeah. I mean? I will defer to Kyle on this one. Um, well, I guess the the one that I want to GM is the uh, we're gonna do the Rick and Morty uh dungeons and dragons oh, nice. <laughs> oh yeah okay yeah it's aimed as, as a one shot so i'm hoping we could just do it in like a just one little twitch stream and then kind of um we're trying to get some youtube content going some visual stuff to kind of add to the podcast so i think a lot of our a lot of the one shots that we're doing they'll be focused around visual as well as um audio obviously but having that audio visual is something that we're looking to to do so that's that's one that i'm in gm it's not going to be the first uh expansion that you see from us but it's uh it, it's one that'll come down in the more later future probably so i'm, I'm gonna leave the ones that are coming more soon so I, i'm gonna leave those uh leave those to to guess okay. a little under wraps right okay i won't i won't spoil them but uh michael's uh module that he has had prepared for over a year now because like we had plans on on adding this uh, visual component visual episodes and stuff like that for for a while now but like covid really threw everything off schedule so michael has had a module prepared uh and he's built some actual like 3d terrain maps yeah, michael's and stuff a visual for it. artist so, uh, so we're excited to actually get to see what what he made for us awesome um, yeah, Eli. that's fun. Eli well, has also like exciting uh, stuff for the dice crisis. What, what sure. about Eli, real quick? Eli has a couple. He's, I, I think he's. Uh, I don't know if he's super serious. Like, I don't, I don't know if he wants to do it as, for fun or as as more content. But he's been really digging the sound of skulls and shackles lately. 
Uh, I know that's already been done, but that's just something that he thinks it was, would be really fun. Uh, we also have a another D&D, but the Stranger Things D&D box set. Well, that huh. was another one that we have just like on our shelf that we could run. Um, but besides these extra little little tidbits coming down the road, we don't ha- necessarily have a big AP lined up as of yet. Uh, but we are on the verge of launching an actual website and then our Patreon too. So those things could definitely lead into an actual, maybe a second AP uh something bigger than just a couple one shots and modules and stuff. Right. Well, dude, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, you know, yeah. every, everything you add to the production is a lot of work. And so mm-hmm. you got to make sure that it's worth your time or that you have the time exactly to, to put into it for sure. But, um, yeah. So guys, it's, it's actually been great having you on. Um, just real quick, like, where can people find you? If you're not listening to the Dice Crisis and and you want to get into it, h- how do we find you? Uh, the, I guess the hub of our, like our, our current uh, website is just uh, the dicecrisis.podbean.com. That's like the our main RSS kind of website uh, right now. Uh, soon we'll have the dicecrisis.com up and up and running. Um, Michael's putting the finishing touches on that. I just sent him my bio and like our mission statement type thing. So hopefully oh, yeah, all those all, fun things all coming yeah. together. Um, our main uh, social media medias are Twitter and Instagram, uh, both at the Dice Crisis. You can find us there. Uh, they both have a link tree, uh, little website links in the bio to send you to all the other places. We're on Facebook too. Um, we have a Tumblr that Michael's been adding pictures and maps and player uh, 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 character sheets to. Uh, that might be kind of transferred over into the website once that's going. Um, uh, and then our, I mean, the biggest mode is is Discord for sure. Our biggest interaction with everybody is through Discord. And you can find uh, links that will never expire in our link tree little little links in any of our social media bios awesome or, or awesome. dm us and i'll send you a special one yeah just just hit me up yeah, yeah. and up? i mean if if you if they can't find any of that come into our discord we'll shoot you the links you guys yeah, are we'll there. there yeah we'll get you there the dice crisis running a pathfinder 1e conversion of second darkness Kyle and Allard, thank you guys so much for coming yeah, on. It's yeah. been a pleasure thanks to have you guys. Thanks, yeah, for, thanks having for having us. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Love chatting with the boys. All right. And we'll do it again. And until next time, folks, we'll, we'll see. see you. Say it with <laughs> us. Come on, guys. <laughs> I, know you guys. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know. No, 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 no. Give it to us. All right. Three, two, one. We'll, we'll see, see ya. ya. There you go. <laughs> <All right. laughs> ah, this is great. <laughs>